have you ever seen a plan and wondered what is that plan? No one knows. Yes, they do. Garden hose. Have you ever found a pretty flower? Wondered how to unlock its power? You know who knows. It's the garden hose. Garden hose. Welcome to the Garden Hose Australia podcast, where we talk all things gardening. Your hosts, Jamie and Erin, will wander down the garden path with tea or gin in hand and discuss gardening loves, hates, new discoveries, interview some of our garden heroes, visit inspiring gardens and continue a discussion about plants that started over 30 years ago in primary school. Hello, Jamie. Hello, Erin. It's been a little while since we got together to record one of these. Yes, I think, I've got to tell you, I think your full-time job is getting in the way of our side hustle. It really is, isn't it? It needs to become my side hustle. Full-time job needs to become your side hustle. Yeah, if only someone else would just pay me to talk to you all day. Oh, my God, <laughs> that just be perfect. That would be perfect. And, you know, I could, uh, actually, I was talking to my mum today and um, she was saying, I was telling her about the podcast episode that I had just put up today, um, an interview with someone. She said, does someone do that full time? Someone grows flowers full time. And they get paid to do it. <laughs> this one, that's a job. And she said, wouldn't that be marvellous? <laughs> I said, it would be marvellous. She said, you should just do that. Yep, I'll give it a go. <laughs> well, you listen to our podcast. I, I don't think mum's worked out podcasts yet. Mm. I keep telling her, I think she would really enjoy them, that she would love it. But um, I don't think she's actually worked them out yet. Mm. I um, I told my students the other day I've got a podcast with my friend Erin. I can't remember how it came up, but I played them the theme music. They really liked it. And then I'm like, yeah, I've got a podcast. And they're like, where can we hear it? And I'm like, well, we're on all the streaming services. Oh, do you talk about You talk about the youth of Australia generally. Yeah, youth of Australia. I, I, haven't, I don't think I've said anything negative about them. No. Oh, let's just be clear, there's nothing negative to say. <laughs> this is true. But one of them, he's found us and he's he's looked us up and he's he calls me Miss. Oh, does he? <laughs> Cracks me up. Miss, Miss, excuse me, Miss. Just in case he's listening, delightful young man. <clears throat> he's like, got a bone to pick with you about your name. And he was suggesting that I had maybe either inadvertently spelt the name of our podcast incorrectly which is which is quite possible because I am dyslexic or that I was going somewhere else with being called garden hose and I explained that hose are digging implements so it's fine oh right (laughs) he thought that we were like the hoses in h-o-s-e we should have checked he checked that with me and then when he found out that there was not a spelling mistake and that we are, in fact, garden hose, <laughs> he felt that the hose might be inappropriate. And I'm like, nah, it's just a digging implement. Oh, I love that he was worried for you, that you might be <laughs> inadvertently <laughs> got a double entendre going there. I would never do that. No, no. But I love that he thought that you might not have been aware of that. I think he was worried that I was aware. <laughs> It's holding you to a high standard. Yeah, but um, and then one of them checked with me. So, 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 what do you talk about on your podcast? Is it just like more random stuff, like you know, like hey, you're pretty random in class? Is it just like that? And I said, yeah. Except with, with there's no interruptions. 
<laughs> oh god well talk of random i'm saying my random thing that happened this week that i actually put on the instagram i've had these sheep who keep coming over that i can't get rid of <laughs> and they're, they're eating my orchard there's um, um you know um sheep are made of meat yes well tom has pointed this out but we we don't want to do that we actually know people they belong to so they actually they reside on our neighbor's property however they don't belong to them they belong to someone else who lives up the road and look, he, was, he was very responsive he, he came over but then um I was actually <laughs> I was in the back room in the study and I looked out the window and I could see that didn't realize he'd come over he'd come over with a friend and then Tom was out there they were trying to round up these sheep. And I've got to tell you, it was the funniest thing I have seen in a very long time. <laughs> because I could see what they were trying to do. So we've got our top paddock is actually kind of divided in two. So there's the orchard that's inside it that's got a fence all around it. And then there's sort of the other part of it has our alpacas in it. And so what they were trying to do is to get these 14 sheep up into the top corner, back over the fence that was sort of broken down where they'd come, but not let the alpacas up there, keep the alpacas away. And it was just, it, it was like a slapstick thing. I reckon I could have had that like Benny Hill music playing in the background and it would have been totally suited to it. It took them over an hour. Oh, fantastic. Did you go, hold on, fellas, could you just stop what you're doing while I get a cup of tea so I can, I'm going to sit down and watch this? <laughs> no. Oh, it was so funny though. So, so funny. So they finally... Well, they got 13 over, and then they had this one just that it was just randomly wandering up and down. So I think they actually had to pick up that poor one and bring it over. But then, you know, Tom's going to have to repair that fence. They've taken the sheep to a back back paddock so they can't get over. And um, But we've got some fence repairs to do now. So. Did, they, did they eat many of your, your trees and flowers? Uh, I don't think they ate any of the flowers. Um, Fortunately, I had actually just gone through and pruned the Christmas trees, but uh, the poor guy who owns the sheep, uh, he, he was, Tom said he took a look at the Christmas trees and he was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, did the sheep just do all of that? <laughs> there was only, a, there was a, a beat where Tom's like, oh, do I say yes? Just to... <laughs> he went, nah, mate, that's okay. We just, we just pruned those. And um, they just one. My wife pruned herself as well while she pruned the trees. <laughs> yeah, I did. I ended up with a big cut. But, no, they were just um, grazing on the fruit trees that are starting to, you know, uh, bud burst and that sort of thing. But they really went after the olive trees. They were up on their hind legs trying to um, eat the olive trees. But, yeah, that's not so bad. So, anyway, they didn't get to the roses, fortunately. They're just starting to get all this new growth on them. So that was good. But, yeah, the alpacas have been a little bit shaken up. <laughs> since then it doesn't take them much to worry an alpaca so I think the alpacas were a bit torn they didn't know whether they should protect them or get rid of them we don't know oh yes that's yes good point yeah they were a bit worried about it so anyway so that that was a that was a bit of an interesting uh interesting day or two but uh, yeah, these are the things you don't have to worry about living in Melbourne you know what it reminds me of the time Erin <laughs> Here we go. There's a story coming up. Speak of the time. <laughs> One day I was I was getting ready for work. Opened up the lounge room curtains. This is when I lived in Selby on 10 acres. 
And I opened up the curtains and there's a donkey standing <laughs> in my driveway. And that was quite a shock, except I looked behind him and three of his mates were there as well. <laughs> and you did not own a donkey, most definitely. No, they weren't my donkeys. <laughs> I don't own a donkey. And I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And um, I went next door and got the lady from next door because she was she was great with horses. And I'm like, well, that's the next best thing. She'll know what to do. And yeah, we but spent- not her donkeys either? No, no. She's like, oh, I think they come from the guy who lives a couple of streets away. And I didn't want them getting out on the main road and putting hooves through windscreens and things. That's messy. Um, but I was running late for work, so I texted work because I'm really, I'm a responsible professional. <laughs> Sorry, running late, found four donkeys. <laughs> now, I'm pretty sure that outlined why I was running late. Like, <laughs> doesn't explain it does they thought autocorrect got in the way of course yeah and that I had lost my door keys <laughs> well, that's perfectly understandable <laughs> and then you had to go in and went no 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 four donkeys it was four donkeys <laughs> she also reminds me of when I was when I was pregnant with my son um, again getting ready for work there were these horses that had got out and they were on the nature strip and they lived down the end of the road and um, I thought oh, I'll try and walk them home and um, the guy who owned them I texted him and said I suppose you're missing it was like four horses it's always four they came in fours oh. um and mm, symbolic mm, I just made that up um <laughs> <laughs> and he's like yeah I, I turns out I am so he came up on his quad bike and he he got the horses home and then he came back and he's like oh, I'll give you a lift home and I was pregnant um, but I hadn't told him. He's like, I'll put the front of the quad bike and I'll give you a lift home. I went, no, no, I'm fine. I can walk. He's like, don't be silly, hop on. And so I got on the front of the quad bike, no helmet, no, <laughs> no seatbelt, and he, he zoomed me home. <laughs> he pulls into the driveway to drop me off just as my husband comes out and just looks at me, pregnant, pregnant wife, getting off the front of the quad bike. <laughs> And he just shook his head and walked walked away. And I, I said to the neighbour, oh, look, I probably shouldn't have done that. Um, I said, oh, I haven't told you, but I'm pregnant. He's like, you? He's like, I'm not sure if you were pregnant or whether you'd just eaten too many pies. <laughs> oh, he's a top bloke. Hey, he could be right. I love a pie. Not <laughs> Not just standard four and 20, but, you know, anything in this world is better when it's wrapped in puff pastry. So, this is true. you know, I I couldn't get too offended because I'm like, oh, it's a distinct possibility. I did a lot of work with puff pastry this weekend because my teenage son had teenage mates over and I thought, oh, I don't really have the time or energy. What am I going to do? I know. I will go and buy the mega pack of puff pastry and I'm just going to wrap stuff in it yeah. and I'm going to put it in the oven and give it to these teenage boys and that was a successful strategy let me tell you <laughs> this but see now people might think what's this got to do with gardening well you've got to feed a hungry, you've got to feed a hungry gardener you do and actually I did use ingredients from my garden I used all my silver beet that I am starting to think we cannot eat when just when I think we cannot eat any more silver beet wrap it in puff pastry can eat it pastry what's the question doesn't matter puff pastry is the puff answer pastry that's right that uh, I or, do or that or like that might be sort of an indoor 
um, fix. But I find when like horticulture related um, people say to me, oh, can you come and look at my lemon tree? What's wrong with it? When, whenever there's any sort of gardening horticultural issue, um, I find the answer is compost. Uh, yes, add more organic better. Mm. That's what I always say. Is there a mm-hmm. problem? Oh, have you thought about adding more organic mm. better? Mm. Yeah, because you can't really go wrong with that. Add more organic yeah. better. Solve the problems of the world here now. Oh, we have. I do have a gardening segue though. Go. Now, we've been, as the, we've been a little bit under the weather lately, but now we're all well. So this last week, full out into the garden, uh, got lots. Lots of seed sowing going, but for vegetables. So we're getting set up for the summer, you know, the spring, summer stuff. It's a very exciting time of year because it's when you can start sowing your tomato seeds. Staying to that. But Farmer Tom has announced that this is the summer of chilli. So he said, yes, I'll sow, of course, I'll sow some zucchini and I'll sow some tomatoes and we'll sow some basil. And he has, he has gone big into onions. Uh, we, we don't normally grow onions apart from like spring onions and that sort of thing. He's decided because we use so many onions. Hey, we've got five acres. Let's grow our own onions. So they're hardening off. They're doing well. He's getting some late brassicas in, but he reckons he might. <laughs> this is crazy. Might sow about three hundred chili plants. I really love Farmer Tom's ambition. <laughs> and I was. I said, "What are we going to do with them? <laughs> Kids are not massive chili eaters." And he said, "No, no. He's getting into preserving." So we are still eating from last summer is jalapenos and they have got a mighty kick to them and lately he's uh he's been buying like dried um habaneros and some a whole lot of mexican chilies so he's been looking for a lot of those seeds uh and so he's decided he's going to get into preserving he's going to dry some he's going to pickle them uh he's going to make uh like chili oh what's some chili What's that like? There's a Croatian at Avja, Ava. I don't know, some chili sauces. Ava. Ava. Just gonna make that. It wants to do some chipotle sauces. So yeah, 300 chili pants, apparently. This reminds me of the time. <laughs> of course it does. I reckon it would have been maybe 15 years ago. I could rip a crop of jalapenos. I'd never grown them before. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna preserve them. Because uh I'll get very excited about things, but I don't think everything through. Like that's, I need that on a T-shirt. <laughs> I chopped up all these jalapenos and the juice got under my fingernails because I wasn't wearing gloves. Oh, no, don't chop them without gloves. Look, time, like doing it, it, they didn't heat up, it was fine. But a couple of hours after I'd finished, underneath my nails heated up and uh, it was excruciating. Yeah. <laughs> Plankulous and went to bed because I was just beside myself. I didn't know what to do. And I had two frozen water bottles like that I took with me, but I was just trying to cool my fingers down. Um, so let me recommend disposable food handling gloves mm. to Farmer Tom. We do have some of those. Um, but you know what I would tell you if that happened to you again, cut open a lemon and stick those fingers into the lemon let the lemon juice go under your fingernails because the acid in the lemon neutralises the chilli. You are blowing my mind. I know. Do you know, I actually discovered that when uh, my son was very small. Uh, I reckon he was only about two and a half and he was pottering around the vegetable garden with us 
uh, and he decided to bite into a few chilies and then of course freaked out and rubbed it all over his face and I went straight for that oh get him milk get him to drink milk because it was inside his mouth it was outside his mouth and Tom I don't know how he knew this but he knew this and he we cut he just quickly grabbed some lemons off the lemon tree cut it open and rubbed it all over his face gone almost instantly here we are solving the problems of the world Erin oh that's a gift yes um (laughs) How's your propagation looking? Because a while ago you were posting that your rose cuttings were growing. How are they yeah, looking? They're looking pretty good. They're looking very bushy. Yeah, quite a lot of new growth. I'm quite happy with those. Um, I've really got to get some of the seeds that I had in soil blocks. I've got to get them out. Um, my renunks are doing pretty well. Uh, I've got a weed in between them, but um, they're, they're doing well. But I'm just waiting until the... So the season progresses a bit and I can start uh, taking cuttings from all of my perennials because I have also said, look, time is of the essence for me. Time is my most precious resource. So I've got to be realistic. In this season, there's going to be less annuals and I've got to do more time focused on propagation of my perennials. Yeah. So I fully endorse this. Yeah, and I think I need to wait a little bit longer though for a better hit rate, uh, I've got to wait until they're, you know, they're sort of out of the winter dormant sort of cool down season. I think. I mean, you're the expert. I think I need to wait till more yes. closer to summer. Wait. Yes. Yeah. Summer. Yes. <laughs> yes, and I'll do more of that. So in the meantime, there's you know a few things I'll be growing from seed, um, flowers, but we're really trying to get a lot of the vegetables and herbs going because we did today uh, a bit of a reset of our kitchen garden beds so we've got these two really big kitchen garden beds and we sort of just let it go over winter and um, they they had become a bit damp and the soils all subsided because they're raised beds so uh, I've been in there hacking them all down I've actually got some good footage I have to put that on the Instagram tomorrow uh, of uh, us using the favorite hedge trimming tool oh god I love that tool it is so satisfying to use so we started cutting down like all the uh, grasses that now because they're just starting to get a bit of new growth coming. So cut all those down, cut down the mint and the dill and the lemongrass and all these bits and pieces that have just sort of, you know, gone a bit black and yucky over winter. So, I'm, But I'm leaving all this stuff all over the um, top of the soil. I'm actually going to, this week, we're going to have some um, hard frosts. So uh, a lot of stuff I haven't, I've just sort of turned them upside down some things and I'm just going to let the frost get in this week and do a little bit of a blitz on it. And then next weekend I've got all this compost that I'm going to top it all with. Um, And then because Mother Nature (laughs) hates a bare garden bed, because if I don't immediately fill it with something, she's going to get in there and say, this is what you're planting. (laughs) Weeds. Weeds. So um i figured next weekend apart from the compost i'm also getting all this like pea straw and stuff like that and covering everything i'm not immediately planting Um, but also what tom did a good thing i must admit in one of these beds he went and cleared out half of it uh, probably about six weeks ago but then he went through and covered it with alpaca poo and then a thick little bed of oak leaves dried oak leaves over the top and he's just then put across it some uh, like frost cloth and some Rio wire to hold it down. Gee, that bed's lovely now. Really? 
Mm, it's only six weeks, but it's still looking pretty good. I um, After talking to Katrina from um, Blue Borage a little while ago, I, I've changed a few things that I've been doing. I've put some of it on the Instagram. Mm. Um, I've put on there that I've made some new garden beds and that I was using bark as a base instead of cardboard um, because I have a giant. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that two giant um, eucalyptus regnants, uh, mountain ash. Um, and you know, it's interesting just the change in mindset. Like every year we've sort of collected that and burnt it because, well, you've got to do something with it leading up to fire season. You can't just leave it lying on the ground. And now I'm like, oh, my God, that's the basis of, of all my new garden beds or my existing garden beds that are full of weeds. Um, well, that's that's going to keep all the weeds down. Um, but as I said on Instagram, you know, there was a little issue where I built a new garden bed and then received feedback that um, I had now cut off access for nighttime lightsabering tournaments um, <laughs> to the front lawn. Yeah, uh, rejigged that. <laughs> oh, in, so in that new garden bed, so I went with I went with bark as the base. And then I had a whole lot of tree fern fronds and our neighbours' tree fern fronds fall into our place, so that was helpful. Mm. And, again, like I, it, previously I'm like I'm not really sure how to deal with these, but now I've worked out, oh, great, they're, they're part of the base of the garden bed. Mm. And then I went with a layer of blackwood. I don't know what the acacia is. It's an acacia something, the blackwood. We have... Is that a, acacia de albata? Maybe. Could be. I don't know. I should have looked it up beforehand. Mm. <laughs> That's all right. um, and so topped it with leaves and then um, put mulch. Oh, sorry, put compost on top to plant into and then mulch. And the mulch had so much mycelium in it, the mulch was white. Mm. Mm. Um, but I got my intersectional hybrid peony in. My sister laughs every time she's like, gosh, you're very careful whenever you say peony you're very careful mm-hmm. about how you say it aren't you and I'm like yes yes I am because <laughs> yes, I've heard people say it and they say pony 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 <laughs> I say peony I guess I shouldn't say that peony peony you say what you want I'm just being careful <laughs> you just sit over there in your wrongness while I say it correctly not wrongness it's me enunciating because I'm a little bit ocker and I'm very happy to run all of my words together except when it comes to pony I planted the intersectional hybrid but I did walk it around and introduce it to my tree peonies because it's in the same section of the garden I'm like hello you should all meet each other these two are here already these were my mums um come I welcome you you are in honor of my aunts and um hoping that helps. And I was giggling to myself and thinking of you because, oh, you know, many moons ago, oh, we did a ripper episode about the um, Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show. Ah, yes. And I didn't buy a lot at that, but I did buy some hellebores. Mm. Oh, I've only just planted those out. But what I did... <laughs> My messy gardeners was I sat them on top of a big pot of potting mix that I had. So their roots have grown out of the 75 millimeter tube that they're <laughs> into growing the in, down into the potting mix. So there was a couple of them oh. I had to cut hot open to get them out because they have these beautiful roots. That's amazing. It's like, you know what? I think there might be something better down there. So I'm just going to wander outside my pot. I'm going 
going to make my way through this plastic coating. I'm going to get into that potting mix. <laughs> sense that they'd come home with a lady that was going to keep them waiting. <laughs> no, wait, don't worry, love. We've got this sorted. We'll um, we'll look after ourselves. So uh, I got I got those out, and I was pretty happy. And I, the the complimentary Liliums that came with the intersectional hybrid went in, and I forgot else what else I ordered. Another herbaceous perennial that I popped in there as well. And yeah, I was, I was pretty happy. I've just got to finish up the other side. So I've done one side. Now in between uni assignments, really got to knuckle down and get some work done for uni and not build garden beds. Talking to my mum today, I took her because she's just moved into a place near me. I took her out to a nursery today so that she could buy up plants for all her courtyard garden to replace all the ones in pots that have sort of died in transit. And you know, we're just we're talking about how there's you know all different aspects of gardening. But the planting part, when you actually, when, the more you garden, the less of it is planting. Like you've got all these other maintenance you've got to do. The actual planting, it just feels so good. That's just like, you know, when you get to the end of a race or something like that. And it's just, it's full of hope. You know, nothing's died yet. That's really beautiful. It is, isn't it? So actually, she was, um, we were on the search for geraniums. Mum loves a geranium. She particularly loves red geraniums and that's not really ideal geranium season, particularly where I am, sort of central Victoria, very cold. I kind of die a bit over winter here. Uh, but she was, she was pretty adamant. Um, so we did go and she, of course, bought more roses because she'll always buy more roses and a few bits and pieces, but they had no geraniums. They said, oh, no, not this time of year, a few months. So I said, you know what, I'm going to drive us to a few other places. Surely someone's got them. And where we found them was at the local fruit and veg shop. They had big pots. None of the nurseries had them. They had these big pots of geraniums. So she went and she got like about, I don't know, seven geraniums or something. She got red ones and pink ones and not white ones because the white ones are not very hardy. My experience, white ones, I've never kept a white geranium alive for very long. So, yeah, that was quite lovely. So she's putting them all in these terracotta pots at the front of her house and got me thinking, you know, I don't do much gardening in pots anymore. I think because I've got big space, my gardening's all in the ground. But I thought there is a bit of an art to, you know, making a really attractive sort of pot plant. And I think you need need a bit of dedication and discipline because they need a lot more attention, don't they, really? So, but I think that that once you've settled down, like you've got five acres and, you know, when you're rushing out the door in the morning, to catch mm. the 6.30 a.m. train, you know, you're, if you're time poor, adding to your workload by mm. you having terracotta pots that are going to dry out if you get windy days, yeah. unless you're putting in an irrigation system, Erin, they might look beautiful. I'm concerned not, about your time. Yeah, it's not really realistic. And I have got about 48 pots inside the house that I still have to look after, so probably not realistic. But at some point. I'd like to line my back deck with red geraniums in terracotta pots. Did I start propagating? Not yet. It may be a retirement project. <laughs> okay, okay. So we've oh, got so time. We're, we're a little way off then. Um, yeah. I am um, uh, just thinking about your indoor plants and I saw you You had posted a thing about mm. scale and I didn't comment on Instagram because I didn't want you thinking I was being a critical a-hole. <laughs> um, but I just did want to say... I think whenever your plant has got bugs, um, I'm thinking about your plant health. So yeah. something's going on, your plant is stressed and that's why it's susceptible to scale. 
Yeah, well, look, this plant, I think I think she's always lived on the edge. So I first got her when I was in an office, it was probably about five years ago, and I was in an office that was sort of, it, it wasn't, where I was sitting was not really close to a window, and I think she struggled along, kept going okay, and I've had to move around a few times. Probably right now is in the best position she's ever been in, not really close to the heater, gets nice morning light but I think by this time she's a bit too far gone you fed her yes have fed her uh but like I said I think the scale have just taken over too much so and like I said I've got limited time I don't want this spreading to the rest of the plants I'm just going in the bin I'm whispering because she's yes so I wouldn't I wouldn't want that either no, and uh, but I do have another big Schefflera, like the same variety of plant. Uh, so that'll replace that one. And it's also big enough that I can start propagating from it. Oh, God, I've got a clump of them that I'm going to dig out at my son's school. You've got them uh, outside. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, mate, they're a weedy so-and-so. <laughs> they're so pretty inside. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll dig them up and tell people they're indoor plants, take them home. Yeah, good um, idea. I've already dug out several clumps of them mm. in the front garden at the school and there's another big clump that I've got my eye on. Mm. Um, yeah, but I think I it's must, a different variety. Yeah, well, I must admit, when I was at Oakley, we had Monstera growing outside in the garden like a weed, whereas here that's definitely an indoor plant. I've seen it growing in Mumbok outdoors, mm. which surprised me. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's quite tough. Oh, so I was just thinking about other things that Katrina from Blue Borage taught us. Mm. Got on my my list here. She was talking about rat proofing your compost. Oh, compost, yeah. Otherwise, all you're doing is making a rat restaurant. Mm. Uh, well, so I've done that, and I have seriously annoyed some rats. Oh, gee, you've been doing a lot, haven't you? In your garden. Um, yeah, my back's a bit sore. I'm going to get some work done on that tomorrow. <laughs> so the rats aren't happy. No, um, I've cut off the rat restaurant. Oh, God, I hope they don't move into my house. Yeah, that's a bit nasty. Yeah. Uh, the other day, compost out, this is pre-rodent proofing them, and I'll just chuck my thongs on and I'll go pop the compost out. So I take my bucket of compost, take the lid off the compost bin, I disturb the rats, and they've burrowed in underneath. So two of them shot out of the compost. The third one ran between my legs. The fourth one ran over my feet. Did you do a little oh, no. dance, squealy dance? No. Or? I just stood there and took a deep breath and went, you know, I've really got to put that rodent mesh down. <laughs> so I kept it out for a little bit. I can't remember what I did, but I think it was that I wasn't putting food scraps in there. I just I loaded up with hydrangea cuttings um, or prunings. And interesting because um, so, you know, Katrina was talking about get yourself a compost stirrer. I have. Um, I haven't tested it out at my place, but my actually my sister went and got it for me um, because she and her partner, she, they both rodent-proofed their compost after listening to oh, our... Oh, my goodness. It's a movement. Uh, it's a movement. Well, <laughs> how do you think I got my rodent wire? I'm like, oh, have you got any lift over? Can I... You got any lift? Can I, um, can I get in on that? Oh, so I tested out my sister's compost error oh it's pretty good so is it like a rotary like I imagine it's like a big hand beater or something no um it's it's like a spiral so the but the just the 
the end that you're putting down into your compost. So you, it's like a, almost like a corkscrew. So you wind it down into your compost and then you pull it back up again. Hmm. And so when you're you're putting the mesh down, does that mean you've got to like move your whole compost heap so you can lay it on the ground underneath it and put it all back or? Yes. So basically I had to move my two compost bins. One of them was really difficult to move. And I think that's that's why I'm going to get some work done tomorrow on my back. Uh, and what and sort of gauge is this rodent mesh? Let me show you with my fingers on the podcast, Erin. Um, yeah. I would suggest to you. Oh, very small. Yes, it's it's less than a centimetre squares, the, the mesh. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Keep the buggers out. Yeah, well, that's what they're finding at the moment. But I'm still convinced they'll get in, so I keep going out and checking and they haven't. They're pretty but, um, sneaky. Rats are pretty yeah. clever too. They are smart. And But when I was, I had to move the compost that was there, make a flat area to put the compost um, mesh and bin down on, and I live on the side of a hill, so that was a fair bit of work. But I was digging out all the compost that was there and all the hydrangea prunings had started to decompose. But because I hadn't turned the compost, they were breaking down in anaerobic conditions and they were a bit stinky. So I'm looking forward to being able to turn the compost and aerating it. Nearly as good as using the hedge trimmer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nothing's quite yeah. as good as using a hedge trimmer. Love yeah. That. Now, oh, I, after months of talking to you about it, I planted my ranunculus. Oh, well done. They're growing. Hopefully they'll flower. Mm. Um. I was pretty excited just to see some Your leaves on them. yourself will thank you for that because they are bloody beautiful flowers. Yeah, and these were the fancy schmancy Italian Ooh, ones. the Italian Renaissance ones. Maybe. Yeah, mm. and then I'm like, oh, hang on, I planted some seed of those. I'll just go check them. And I planted them with, you know, uh, you and I went on a little road trip and we pulled up next to some clematis seed. Yeah. I planted ranunculus and clematis and um, I thought, oh, I'll check on those. Once again, I am fascinated by my brain and the things that I forget to do. I mean, I never watered that seed in. I sorted that out and crossed my fingers and went, oh, well, look, it's under a misting system. So, <laughs> yeah, so the ranunculus seed haven't come up. <laughs> I'll keep an eye on those. But the misting system, um, one of the other things that I put on Instagram, um, I think last week was about how our rose understocks are going. Mm. Um, and they were starting to get uh, a fungal disease, some sort of mildew, I think. And last year I managed to stuff up all my rose understocks by leaving them under the mist system. God, it sounds like I'm inept. All I ever do is tell you about the things that I've stuffed <laughs> up. I just, can I just reiterate at this point, I, I grow some really great things, okay? You do right. lots of things well. So I do a, but, do know, a lot of things well. Then that just sounds like you're bragging if we just say everything that you're doing well. Pretty do relatable, you, Jamie. <laughs> could you could you just take a moment to talk about like oh no Jamie's Jamie's got it together like she can grow a plant Jamie has because every time Jamie comes to visit me she unloads trays of things oh yeah I heard you mention you know recently you like this here have twenty of them oh I just propagated these for you here have some of these and then the pressure's on me to go oh shit she did that like really quickly really well now I've got to try to keep these things alive. <laughs> You, Erin. No, that was great. Thank you. Because that makes it sound like I can do something. <laughs> so oh, what, I forgot to water in my tea. So what was wrong with the misting system on these? I think the leaves on the rose understocks were 
constantly wet because of the misting system. So they got mildew last year and it ended up killing them all. And I caught them just in time. This time I've I've walked into the greenhouse. I've done a check and went, "Uh uh-oh. And so I've picked up the mildew and moved them off the the misting bench and into the um, general greenhouse. And I was a bit worried because it was going to be 18 and windy that day. And I'm like, but I've got to get them off. Um, and they looked a bit sad at the end of the day, but I went back and checked on them the next day and they were fine and they'd perked up again. And so I think in that video I was talking about hardening off plants and one of the things that I got to say that you need to know about, Erin, mm-hmm. um, for sure, for sure. So when you're taking things from your greenhouse, if you're going to move them outdoors, you you need to maybe do it in stages or pick a week of weather where it's going to be cooler and you've got rain forecast. So with those roses, I was actually lucky that I didn't cook them on an 18 degree and windy day. It was just that I had a nice shady spot that I could put them in in the greenhouse. And then the week after was actually quite cool. So that sort of helped transition them from a really soft growing environment where their leaves are really soft because they have been so pampered in high humidity. So, but now you've got to, you know, work them out in stages for them because a rose mm-hmm. essentially grows in full sun. Yeah. But I can't take it from an environment where the leaves are really soft and stick it out in the full sun straight away, or you'll you'll cook them and kill them. So that stage is called hardening off. So you're essentially hardening the leaves and getting them so, used to tougher well, conditions. While we're on the topic of roses. What causes black spot on roses? Um, that is a fungal issue. Oh, okay. So I was just wondering because some of my new roses that are in the ground, they have looked quite healthy. I was checking on them just last week and a couple of them have black spot on them. I'm thinking, why do you have that? It's not like, you know, you've caught it from something else because I don't have any others there, but maybe because it's just been so wet. So a couple of things. Is it last season's leaves? Have they got a couple of hanger honorers? Or are these brand new leaves? Possibly last season's leaves. Hmm. It could be leftovers from that, so I'd take them off and get rid of them. There's not often I put things in the actual rubbish, but I wouldn't put um, black spot in your compost. Okay. And also if on your citrus, if you've got wasp gall, that's one of the other few things that I'd actually put in the rubbish bin that I don't want to put. I wouldn't send it off in green waste. I wouldn't compost it. It's either burn it or put it in your your rubbish bin otherwise you're going to reinfest your area so you I also know where you live and you've got neighbors with roses that are left to fend for themselves so they may have black spot on them Uh, and some of them are in quite sheltered positions but they're on your boundary fence and they're not that far away from your newly planted roses so sometimes what can happen if you've got last season's leaves clinging on then that um, black spot has done a thing called overwintering and it's clung on to the leaves and it's ready to set up a new population this season. Ah, okay, all right. So having having good airflow is important, having healthy roses is important, so feed them, make sure they're not competing with weeds and grass mm-hmm. and add compost. <laughs> and organic matter. Organic matter, Erin. Actually, I could probably re-mulch around them um, yeah. because, yeah, the mulch I had to try to outcompete the grass around them has probably subsided now, so I probably need to add more. You'll find that there are varieties that are more susceptible than others. 
I had, um, I've got this ripper row of roses at work, just fabulous. I don't know what they're called, but Russell, who I work with, picked some cuttings of this fabulous rose that he found and and now we've got this magnificent row of roses and they're so wonderful for for cut flowers but also also for teaching purposes uh we put a heap of mulch on them but it hadn't properly broken down yet so the start of the season the roses look great but then I picked so many flowers off them but by the end of the season the fresh um mulch had done nitrogen drawdown which I think we've talked about before so they started to look really hungry and I noticed then that that sort of black spot moved in and got a good hold on it so stressed roses hungry roses roses competing for for space essentially with grass and weeds uh, are going to be more susceptible and then sometimes there's just varieties that are susceptible so you'll find that with the row that or rows of roses that you've got, I reckon you'll always have some that are like, ah, oh, that one's always got black spot on it. And you mm-hmm. you can spray them and you can you can spray them with um you know varying degrees of of chemicals. So if you're organic, the there'll be organic remedies for it. Yeah. But I think starting with plant health and then going to to something to spray it with would be a good start. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Good. Another job to do this week. <laughs> in, your, in your spare time. <laughs> well, we've been. Um, I've been thinking about you know keeping things manageable around the house. So, uh, still working on sort of landscaping stuff around the house garden, and um, I think gravel is going to be my friend soon. I think there's a. I don't know yet. Sort of the thickness of gravel I need to, to try to keep weeds away but I'm feeling it's thicker than what I currently have. <laughs> um, just last week, uh, I did some spraying at work with, um, have we talked about slasher before? We might have. Oh, we might have, yeah. I've used slasher here. It's a, do you want to, ex- I was say, do you want to explain to the listeners who don't know what slasher is? Oh, so slasher is a herbicide that's rated for organic use. And I think it's made out of the chemicals that are present in geraniums. Really? Yeah, so you know how geraniums have a bit of a stink to them, Hmm. the leaves? I think it's made out of the chemicals in geraniums or pelargoniums. Hmm. It has a fairly distinctive smell, Slasher. I've noticed that. and I've been to someone's house and gone, that smells like Slasher. Yeah. I I sprayed. Not um, not their house, let's be clear, their garden. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) What have you been spraying in here? (laughs) Um, I... uh, I'm, I'm not in the work nursery as much as I was last year. The weeds tend to get away on me and I'm like, oh, it's the end of winter and if I don't sort some of this out, we've got a big problem. Well, we, I, have got a big problem coming up and, oh, my goodness, the slasher did an amazing job. Um, oh, really? What sort of weeds did it? Winter grass, so poa annua, liquid, epilobium, chickweed, some grasses, some, some broadleaf weeds that were in the gravel. And I also went, do you know what? I've got some deciduous plants here that have got weeds in the top of the pots. So I sprayed the top of the pots as well around the deciduous plants and went, oh, well, yeah, that goes. And, oh, my God, it's worked a treat. I've had mixed success here. Mm-hmm. There's some of my, like the weeds I have, some of it, a lot of it's Rumex um, growing, you know, through gravel and, 
it's really annoying and i must admit the slasher hasn't hasn't totally killed it 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 won't kill everything um so in terms of rumex like so if you've got dockweed which is a type of rumex i don't think it would kill that because they've got an amazing root system on them but um little annual weeds is it gave them a it gave them a toasting but it could also be weather dependent and the rate that you're mixing it at yeah so yeah. i mix it at about 70 mil per liter as recommended on the bottle um if in doubt i pop a little bit more in but <laughs> it was also a really warm and windy day yeah maybe that helps so I, I made sure that the weeds were dry before I sprayed them, as in like no morning dew on them. Yeah, it was a pretty sunny day and it wasn't windy when I sprayed because we don't want spray drift, obviously. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but I got in before the wind picked up and then I think it was just warm, windy conditions and everything I sprayed pretty much got toasted. But, it, yeah, it won't, it won't kill everything, but I reckon it's really worth using it and trying to, you want to do it early in the season, as in now, before everything starts growing for spring because once you've got to kill big weeds with it, it's not as effective. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I've been hand-weeding gravel here. Um, but the problem is everything just grows back so quickly. Mm. Um, but we've just got like a road base, like a base on there, and then we'll top it off with, uh, you know, gravel that we want on there. But I'm just waiting for us to finish a few projects here before we do that. But I think we're going to have to do something. Like I can hand weed some of it, but then some of it we're just, I don't know, we've scraped it back before. Yeah. That's oh, like my worst nightmare. Mate, I, I reckon I only used like five or six litres of slasher the other day and I got all of my outside area of the nursery done and the shade house. Yeah. The outside area of the nursery needed extensive spraying. <laughs> it's still um, quite, quite damp here though. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't really had, I mean, you know, I, I note that you were boasting about your 18-degree day. I think it's been at least four and a half months since we've had an 18-degree day here. I don't want 18 degrees. People are like, oh, it's in the sunshine, wonderful. I'm like, no, it's winter. I've still got skiing to do. <laughs> Is there going to be much more skiing left, do you think? Yeah, some sort of amazing winter weather system come through. I think there's still a bit of snow left. But I need to go back and visit the eucalyptus porcifloras, Erin, and make ah, sure they're still okay. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but in the meantime, what I also need to get done in between uni assignments is um, I'm not going to lift all of my dahlias, but I'm just going to lift the the big buffy one that I posted photos of on Instagram uh, yes. that, that I'm going to send off to you because, gosh, it's a joy for flower arranging. Mm. It's a beautiful, beautiful creature. I'm not lifting any of my dahlias this year. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to see what happens. See Have you got space? Do you want more? Mm. Oh, you can, I can put some more in. And because I'm not doing as many annuals from seed, I probably can. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm lifting some to divide for you and then I'm going to move some because um, where I planted them sort of in the front of a garden bed, I don't have a lot of sun, but the sunny bits I do have, I realised my dahlias were so tall, they were blocking, blocking out the sun uh, from the things behind them. Yeah. So I'm just going to move them to the back of the garden bed. I've dug up a few, but I haven't divided any yet. Yeah, good move. Did you, good oh, my move. gosh, did you see those lovely ladies from Gather Flower Farm working <laughs> in their paddock? And... <laughs> yeah, they were funny. <laughs> Poor buggers, and there I am on Instagram going, 
you just put a fork in and just go to the ground. Yeah, and they were knee deep in mud digging there. <laughs> God, I felt for uh, them. Yeah, it's hard work though. I mean, this is why I'm not doing it this year. My retaining wall has helped extensively. There's drainage behind the retaining wall and I've grown the dahlias um, basically on top of the retaining wall. Jeez, it's worked a treat. Yeah, they look pretty good. Their soil looked pretty good and friable. And organic matter. You added more compost. I mean, yeah. the chickens in there doing um, a bit of pre-spring weed That's control true. for me. Um, now, so I eat the slugs. I just need them to eat the slugs. And yeah. um, Tom had thought about, you know, we, oh, maybe we'll get the pigs in and they'll dig it up. And I said, no, mate, because I'll just eat all the dahlia tubers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've had in the nursery at work when, when I was spraying the other day, I noticed like, oh, something's been digging in the calla lilies. Um, they council Xantideskis. Stop for a second to say, I love a calla lily. Yeah. Some yeah. people say that they're funeral flowers, but I yeah. bloody love them. And I used to grow them again when I was in yeah. Melbourne and yeah. can't grow them here unless it's the greenhouse. But continue. These are lovely little pallid ones. I think they might be Xantideskis or something. Yes, they and, are. But I think the rats are hungry and they've been coming in and digging oh. and having a chew on them. Mm. I thought they were a little bit, like, poisonous. Well, Not maybe much kills be... a rat, though. No, maybe there'll be less rats now. <laughs> <laughs> the rats made a big nest underneath one of our veggie garden beds and last summer they we'd see them popping up and they would eat so many of the vegetables. But I think because we just let that garden go all winter and I didn't plant anything in there. And today when I was trying to sort of clear it um, and layer stuff on it, I couldn't see any rats or any sign of them. So maybe they've just all buggered off because there was no food for them to eat all winter. Yeah, they moved into your, the engine of your car. That's true. They did. I think there's a whole family there. And actually I was uh, driving to the station very early uh, in the morning uh, about a week and a half ago and I heard something that didn't sound mechanical but it was sort of rattling around and I'm convinced there was a rat there. And I was a bit worried that it was going to, like, jump out. So I was stealing myself to that, right, if a rat jumps out in the car somewhere, don't freak out, Erin. But you've got to keep the, <laughs> got to keep the ute on the road. Don't freak out. And then, but I <laughs> parked it at the station. I quickly slammed the door, got my bag out. And I before I got on the train, I actually unzipped my bag and looked through it just in case it had Houdini'd its way into my backpack. <laughs> no rats. But uh, did leave the ute at the station for four days. How did you get home? Tom picked me up. I left it there <laughs> because I thought it's going to wreck very cold there. Like, they're, and that's they're just going to run away and find somewhere else. So I came back four days later, and I haven't heard a peep. Fascinated by this because um, I don't know that I would think to do that. Parking is <laughs> at a premium where I live. Uh, wow. And- so did you call him and say, hey, I think this rat, you'll have to come and get me? Oh, I just said, look, I reckon I could get the train to your work this afternoon and I because he had the other car and him, and I could just get a lift home with you. And then I'm going to work from home tomorrow. And he said, oh, all right, I'll take you up to the station that afternoon to get the car. And I'm like, do you know what? Don't worry. It's fine. Let's just leave it there. <laughs> Are you still hoping it gets stolen? Is yeah. this the ute? Yeah, I kind of, yeah, no one else wants it. <laughs> oh, well, it gets me to and from the station. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, that's right. It's still getting me to and from the station. What's coming up horticulturally, Erin? Horticulturally for me, well, I think um, I'm hoping this over this next week I will be able to add compost to top off this garden bed. Uh, organic matter. 
organic matter, more organic matter. I've also got, uh, since my mother did move house, I have got a ton of flattened cardboard boxes. So I am going to be laying them out all over this area where I want a new garden bed. Um, I'm going to put it, because she was saying, what do I do? I take them to the tip and I said, oh, that seems like a bit of a shame. I'm just going to lay them out. Um, I'll water the grass underneath really well so that it's a bit, you know, weak and floppy. We'll layer all this on, put a whole lot of mulch over the top of it and let that sit probably for probably for a couple of months before I do anything. So that is going to be my next thing. And, uh, yeah, then I'll be weeding gravel, I'd say. Patient, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to let it sit there for a couple of months. I, um, I'm all about, great, cardboard's down. Let's build on top of it. Let's do that today. <laughs> I've got too many other things to do. I can't do that because in the meantime, I've got to build up the other beds. What I really want to do, but uh, this is probably a couple of months away, I want to do just one sleeper high raised beds to extend the flower patch a bit because where I was just going to go straight over the top of the um, soil that's there, but I can't even get a spade in. It's so rocky. There's just... So, so much rock. So I need to go up. Oh, you need to. And then add compost. Add organic matter. That's mm. what I'm going to do. Yeah. But I think that's that'll probably be more like October, November when I get to that. What's going on in your garden world? Oh, well, oh, just in case there's anyone listening that's into biodynamics, Erin and I are having a, a really tough time finding the compost preparations, uh, 501 oh, yes. to 50 something. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good mention. Oh, I did, a, I did an online cow who hit preparation workshop with Katrina from Blue Borage. You know, there's not many people who would go, tell me about that. <laughs> what are you doing tonight? Well, I'm getting online. There's a lady in New Zealand and, and she's talking to the guy who's in the US and they're going to tell me about cow poo. I did mention it at work. I said to the two I see, um, like, oh, what are you up to tonight? And she's oh, doing this and that. She's like, oh, what are you up to? I'm like, oh, I'm doing this workshop online about this cow poo pit preparation. And she just looked at me and she paused and she's like, yeah, you're a unique individual, aren't you? <laughs> you got uh, some useful stuff out of it? Yeah, yeah, it's great. But it still hasn't solved the problem of, of how do I not bankrupt myself buying the biodynamic preparation. So I found some that were cheaper that I, I sent to you, checked with Katrina, and she's like, yeah, that's better, but it's still really expensive. And then I've worked out that we still don't have, we, you and I, even if I ordered those, I still don't then have the valerian, like I think it's like a fermented valerian thing, uh, liquid. Is it worth us looking into how you actually make these? Yeah, I think we're, I think we're going to have to, but... Um, you know, we need the yarrow flowers and we need, we need well, valerian. I've, I've got, yeah, I mean, I guess we need to work out what quantities because I have yarrow growing and I, heaps of seed to grow more. It's not flowering yet. So I want to make a no, cow poop pit. No, it's not flowering yet. Now-ish. No, it's a few months and, away. Um, so if anyone out there is into biodynamics or is really good at internet research, Erin and I are looking for the cow pit poo or compost preparations, the, the biodynamic preparations. Um, <laughs> we don't want to send ourselves broke over them. So currently the best deal that I can find is $70 for the five preparations, but that's for two grams of each preparation. Wow. Do you think it's just because what is there's just not many people in Australia using it or doing it? No, I don't know. I've done a deep dive, but 
I'm not the world's most patient person when it comes to internet research. I get really angry and I walk away. <laughs> if you're not on my first page, you're out. <laughs> well, I've look, I've tried several times now, but it's down to the listeners. Like there's got to be someone that's better at internet research than I am. Um, can you all have a little look-see and then message us, please? If anyone's got the valerian juice, it's not called valerian juice. It's called valerian something else. It would be like the valerian preparation. They we socially call well. it the valerian juice. Give us um, the V juice. <laughs> we could market this. I know. That's that's outside of the, you know, the $70 for. Oh, that's um, an addition. Yeah. Yeah, that's just for the little powdered preparations in the vials, like two grams of each. That doesn't that doesn't include the valerian um, preparation that we need. If you spend all, all that money and you get those, what, what will you have in the end with your, what will it give you? Good compost. So, some amazing fermented cow poo I can use on the rest of my garden. Yep. But you can see that currently I don't want to spend $70 to ferment cow poo. But uh, we'll, we'll come up with another solution because it's still we still want amazing fermented cow poo. And I've been baking my um I've been baking my eggshell and I've got to get them oh, into the mortar and pestle. Are they smelly when you bake them? No. Oh, see this I learnt this. I'm like this online when I spend an evening with New Zealand <laughs> and the US. So, oh, so I I put all my eggshells together, like I stack them up, push them really tightly together. No, don't do that. They retain their moisture. But I had a friend, Natasha, give me um, her eggshells and she hadn't stacked them all together. That was just like a big bowl of dried eggshells and hers were much nicer to deal with than mine so you want bake them and then crush them bake them and then uh, I broke them up even before baking and one of the things that I learned that you've got to watch out for is um, salmonella that's why you want them nice and dry and then you want to bake them to kill that off Okay, and so what do they become a powder that goes in something yeah so it's it's then essentially a calcium powder so you've got to grind them up till they are powdery and then you're adding that into your cow poo you're working your cow poo by hand um and it's really interesting because they were talking about and showing photos of how it changes texture even just with um the eggshells and a bit of rock dust completely changes the texture of the cow poo and even the smell of it even at that early stage oh i've heard people just grinding up their eggshells that they've baked off and adding to the soil too for extra calcium because you want lots of calcium when you're growing cut flowers because that gives you nice strong stems uh oh that's what i have been doing and then this week what am i going to do oh i've got some cuttings to get in i picked for you which i've been thinking about doing for one to two years now don't rush (laughs) everything um this fabulous little fuchsia that grows in my neighborhood it's got these pink pale pink flowers God, it's pretty. Um, I'm putting in cuttings for you. You know, my mum loves fuchsia. She went online because they're hard to buy now. They were everywhere in the 80s. Shoot, you will link through to Garden Express and Teslas. They're both selling them at the moment. You oh, can get them I in mail see, order. I did see the Teslas catalogue. Mm. I saw some in there, but I thought I'd show mum. And she got online and she ordered a couple today from um, what's the White House Nursery. They might be in Trentham. Not sure. And she ordered a couple from there. But she, a lot of them are, still look like very much, it's, you know, your purple and pink, sort of that dark one that you see a lot. Um, but I remember mum used to have this one. She had those hanging baskets out the front wheel growing up and she had always had one called Party Frock. And it was like a double pale pink frothy little one. 
And I haven't seen fuchsias like that in a long time. I did see the Tesla's ones weren't like that. So hmm, there must still be some specialist fuchsia growers out there. Unless they all went broke. <laughs> when everyone stopped buying fuchsias and started yeah. growing dahlias. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, I, the one that I'm going to propagate for you, I don't know if it'll it'll um, float your mum's boat. Like it's not it's not a big buffy one. It's mm-hmm. it's tiny. It's got tiny flowers. It's quite petite. But I think you'll really like it. Mm, well, mm. sounds good to me. And I've done some online shopping. I've been so restrained when it comes to plants this year. I, I did buy the intersectional hybrid, but that was to commemorate my mum's sisters who are... Oh great gardening influences of mine so I didn't have a problem with that but then oh my god I I cracked I've bought some (laughs) dahlia tubers from Tasmania did you I thought they were going to buy no more dahlia tubers no more more. (laughs) I bought pom-pom varieties because I bloody love a pom-pom did you they were hard to get last season yeah, so I just bought, I was pretty restrained. I only bought two white ones. I think it's called Little Angel or something. Mm. And two pink pom-poms because I, I don't have any I don't have any nice little pink pom-poms. Be nice. Yeah, I um I had a dark burgundy pom-pom, but I didn't really have any others either. But I'm I'm not buying any more dahlias. I I have been firm with myself and I have said, no, Erin, no. You are not doing that this year. So we'll just see what comes back from last year. I mean, I think that's me done horticulturally for now. Yeah, me too. I think so. Um, I need to get some sleep so that I can get back out there tomorrow and <laughs> do some more work. So true. I've got to write some essays so that I can justify completing um, my garden beds. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the chat. Good to see you, mate. Yeah, you too. See you. Bye. Just a note on our very catchy garden hose tunes, we have our original music composed and produced by Martini Toothpick. Martini Toothpick are Dan Zielinski and Mika Coleman. We would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we reside and recognise their continuing connection to lands, waters and communities and recognise that their wisdom and knowledge has been passed on for thousands of years.